the first time I ever heard that song. You've never heard Big Balls by ACDC. Does it shock you that I have never heard that? Man, the first time I heard that song, I, th- I literally think I was like 13. And my friend showed it to me like, haha, look at this. Isn't this funny? And it was from 1976. Like my friend was pulling up parody songs from 1976. And to this day, I don't know if they were being serious, which, by the way, if you're listening at home and you don't know what Big Balls is by ACDC, please go listen to it. Yeah, you need to go listen to it. They're talking about having a ballroom and throwing balls, but literally it's just, it's a fucking like testicle joke for three minutes straight. 1976, ACDC, what's up? That's back when people didn't shave their balls. No. People didn't shave anything, No. Oh my God. All right. Oh my God. I, it's a long story, but I ended up stumbling upon a porn movie well, I ended up Googling a porn movie. Okay. And it was an hour and a half. And it was from the 70s. Okay. And there's a couple scenes that were definitely traumatic. Um, <laughs> okay. Don't want to talk about it. Um, you watched the whole thing? Well, I like... Like 90... Okay. Like, I was going to say, because how did you get all the scenes? it. This girl was fucking everybody. And no one shaved their genitals. Yeah. It was the 70s. I was like, wow. That's what it was like. They didn't have electric shavers. You had to go down there with like I don't have an electric everything. shaver. But no, I had never heard of Big Balls. But, well, I had heard of it, but I had never listened to the song Big Balls. Do you recommend it? Yeah. Depending on the situation. <laughs> no, no, man. You should be playing Big Balls at everything. Um, bar mitzvahs, birthday parties, eulogies, everything. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine grandma getting carried so carried to the hole while Big Balls plays? And on that note... Okay, that's a better note. Thank you. Welcome back to another episode of White College Red Hands, everybody. My name is Kashan Bachelor. Uh And with me, I have... Nina Kern. Nina Kern. Nina Kern. Laugh Factory regular stand-up uh, stand wizard. Yeah. Nina Kern. Okay, it's I'm scheduled for a second Laugh Factory performance, so that's cool. Yay! It is. It is cool. And today on White Collars Red Hands, the podcast where we cover the music industry. Uh, apparently, apparently, we didn't know that we do, you know, that wasn't... We didn't plan on this. But, yep, that's what's happened. But four out of the last five episodes, including this one, are all about the music industry. Uh, Lou Pearlman, Phil Spector, Fire Festival, and now this which I'll give to Nina to introduce. It just feels like my first five sexual partners where four out of the five of them were uncircumcised. What? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean more like what isn't that not like that's crazy. How could they be uncircumcised? More like what isn't you said that. <laughs> that's surprising to me. <laughs> Four fifths. It's it's not a fraction you hear very often. <laughs> four out of five doctors recommend Colgate, uh, yeah, and do. four out of five of Nina's sexual partners uh, had hoodies on their penises. They did. You just knew a lot of European. Most mo- yeah, two what, of them were European. What you have to understand is that's most of the world. Oh, I know. So I know. Just statistically, and y'all in America, need to wash you know, under your foreskin. Thank you. This PSA brought to you by Nina, Nina Kern, Kern and, Wash Under and the Anti-Smegma Society. Talk about ACDC, <laughs> okay, please. so um, today's topic. Oh, my voice cracked like a little boy's. All right. Classic rock. It's a genre of music that's filled with nostalgia. We pop in our buds 
and listen to classic rock and think, wow, this is great. When we listen to it, it conjures up images of Queen, Nirvana, and the Rolling Stones. But let's not forget the big band from Down Under. ACDC! This electric band has been making music for 47 years. Their success is like none other. Rock and Roll Hall of Famers with over 200 million records sold worldwide. 11 video albums, 3 live albums, 17 studio albums, and 2 soundtrack albums. It's easy to say that the band had it all. But what happens when fame and fortune makes you think that you are invincible? Find out now when we talk about Phil Rudd, drummer of ACDC, not Paul Rudd's brother. And for those about to podcast, we salute you. Um, It's an ACDC joke. Also, please be aware that ACDC is not an abbreviation for anti-Christian devil children. Who, to- who told you that, Nina? Christians. Who told you that? Just Christians, Christians in general? Well, All so right. it was on, and I don't like this person because they did bad things, but John Christ has a stand-up bit. He's a Christian comedian. Oh, where that would explain was, why I do not know who he is. Where, Well, he's like a quote-unquote Christian comedian. He makes fun of Christians, but Christians don't realize that he's making fun of them. Anyway, he did some really shitty stuff, but he does have a funny bit about people writing in about what they could and couldn't watch or listen to, and somebody said... My dad wouldn't let us watch ACDC because a woman at our church call, told him it stood for anti-Christian devil children. That would be great. Yeah. That would actually be cooler. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm not wrong, I think it is literally, is it about electricity? I think, I think it is, so. right? I think it is, but you know what? I didn't look. Which is uh, alternate, alternating current and direct current. So, yeah. you know. Yep. You're right. You're right. Uh, but um, this is even the most important thing that I learned during all this. Did you know that in Australia, ACDC is called Akadaka? I think it's Akadaka. Oh, say it in an Australian accent. It's Akadaka, mate. Akadaka. It's Akadaka. It's Akadaka. I don't think they say A's like that, right? Like that hat. Akadaka. Akadaka. Oh, maybe it's Akadaka. I don't know, but when they were, they said something along those lines on a YouTube video I watched with an interview with Phil Rudd, which I then had to immediately stop watching because I didn't understand anything he was saying. Nice. But um, Australians always give weird nicknames to things. Like they call McDonald's Macca. Which, you know what Macca's. I, you know what I think it is? Like maybe it's like, I don't know if they have some weird pronunciation of like a letter in C, like the McDonald's mm. is like Macca Donald's. Oh, or something. McDonald's. So then AC would be Akadeka. That would make sense. Right? That would make more sense. If you're listening from Australia, please email us or comment or something. Which we do have listeners in Australia. Yes. Please. Whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. Yeah. Clarify for us so we can tell other listeners because I know we all are <laughs> curious. Um, so anyway, Phil Rudd. So Phil Rudd was born on May 19th, 1954 in Melbourne, Australia. Um, I couldn't find too much about his childhood. It seemed like it was pretty normal. I hope it wasn't too traumatic, but yeah. you know, just normal Australian stuff. Growing up, boxing, um, dingoes or whatever, yeah, you um, know, wrestling kangaroos, well, choking say, spiders yeah. to death before you go to bed. Whatever they do, you in all Australia, have some big ass that. spiders. I'll tell you that. That is true. Um, also, I knew a guy from Australia. Well, I made out with this guy from Australia one time. He was so hot. Anyway. Those aren't the same. I just want you to know that <laughs> knowing a guy and making out with a guy once, not the same. We talked for a decent amount of time afterwards. Just afterwards? 
So you made out with a guy, talked to him for like 30 minutes, and then you were like, yeah, I know this guy? No, we Facebook messaged for a long time. Oh, okay. Um. Anyway, okay. doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Literally doesn't matter. Anyways, he told me that he finds kangaroos to be a nuisance, which I found very interesting. Oh, no, yeah. They have like an open season on kangaroos because there's actually too many of them. So they let you kill them. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> Phil really made a name for himself with the skin band. Skin, so this was what it was called. It was called a skinhead band. I'm scared of what that actually means. I didn't Google it because I was worried I'd be like put on a watch list. Oh, but um, the skinhead band was called Colored Balls. And that is the actual name of the band. I'm not joking. And in 1974, Colored Balls changed their name to Buster Brown and went on to record one album. Did you find out what a skinhead band is? Uh, it doesn't bring up... It doesn't really bring up anything. Thank God. Except for neo-Nazis. So I'm uh, hoping that's not what it is. Um, I called someone a skinhead in front of the 10-year-old I work with the other day. And I was... And I was like, don't repeat that. Huh. Don't call people that. It was like the time I shaved my head when I was 10 because I thought I'd look cool. But then I had a lumpy head. And while I was asleep, my mom drew a swastika on my forehead. (laughs) And then they legit called me a skinhead all summer. (laughs) I'm I'm with Tamara on this one. Oh, it was funny. That is funny. Oh, it was funny. But a little bit traumatic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, like, I'm sure when you were 10, waking up with a swastika on your head would be a little horrifying. But but to be fair, looking back at it now, I definitely looked like uh, young Jason Voorhees uh, from, like, Freddy vs. Jason. He's got a, like, he's bald and he's got a big-ass lumpy head. That was me. For a summer when I was 10. Kashan with the lumpy head. (laughs) Better hope you never go bald. But um, Phil Rudd, he joined ACDC as a drummer in 1975, which was obviously the right career move. Um, And he was actually the only Australian-born member of the band. In 1976, after he was cast in the band, they... Cast in the band. What what, would you... Joined the band? Yeah. Became a band member? Such a fucking theater geek. Whatever. They moved to the UK to record and to do some serious touring. So their uh, album, High Voltage, launched the band into stardom with their infamous single, TNT. TNT is dynamite. Yeah, it is one of the only ACDC songs I know. Um, And the band obviously was doing incredibly well and selling records like crazy. And they were known for their high energy and mooning audiences while on stage. Oh, man, it's like how the, uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers got famous for doing shows naked at the beginning. I don't want to see your dick. Like so- well, they had socks on their penises, but they performed completely naked except for socks on their junk, and that's how they first became famous. So anyways, <laughs> they would moon the audience. They'd show them their butt. I don't know if I'd do that. Would you do it? No. I had a friend almost get arrested for a sex crime for supposedly doing that, but he said he didn't. When I was like 11 or 12, I mooned people. If you moon someone and it show and it exposes any of your genitals, it automatically becomes a sex crime and you can become a convicted sex offender in America. All right. Don't show. Don't moon people. So don't do that. Or if you're going to do it, make sure you are only revealing your butt cheeks because then it's only like a misdemeanor or something. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Well, in 1979, they uh, so Mutt Lang was a producer and he was Shania Twain's husband. He is now her ex-husband, and he's her ex-husband because he cheated on her with her best friend. Yeah, but who was her best friend? I don't know. Some girl. Damn. I feel like a woman. I don't. Shania Twain is so hot. I would feel so bad about myself. Anyway, so they made the album Highway to Hell with uh, 
Muttling, and I know that song too. So who, go me. Who doesn't know that song? I don't know. But Highway to Hell was the first ACDC album to break the U.S. Top 100 Billboard charts. If you were curious. So here's where the trouble starts. All right, everything's going great. But in 1980, the band started recording Back to Black. And this was a really tough year for the band. On February 19th, 1980, Bon Scott, a singer on the ba- in the band, he went out for a night of partying at the Music Machine in Camden, London, because they moved to the UK, remember? Mm-hmm. So when he went back to his friend's house, so they were out there, they were partying, they went back to his the friend's house. Um, he fell asleep in the car. I don't think he was driving, um, but his friends couldn't get him out of the car because he was asleep. So they left him there to sleep for the night, and then, then the next morning they went out to get him, and they still couldn't wake him up. They rushed him to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. He choked on his own vomit, and he died. And the official cause of death was acute alcohol poisoning. Um, So this is just like a little tidbit. Um, If your friend is passed out from drugs or alcohol and you can't wake them up, make sure first maybe make sure they're okay before just letting them sleep it off. Um, But if they are asleep, roll them on their side so that if they do vomit, they don't choke on their own vomit. Yeah. After you're done uh, drawing a swastika on their forehead, calling them a skinhead, yeah. then roll them on their yeah. side. When Bon Scott died, this was really, really hard on Phil Rudd, and he started drinking really heavily, or heavier than they were already drinking, and yeah. um, doing even more drugs to cope with the loss of his friend. And this all started happening when the band was recording their other album, Flick, Flick of the Switch. That's when his like he really started to spiral. And... Rudd started having issues with fellow band member Malcolm Young, which was a direct result of his substance abuse issues. And these issues escalated into a physical altercation between Rudd and Young, and Rudd ended up being fired from the band while they were recording the Night Studio album. Is is Malcolm Young the same as Angus Young? The brothers. The brothers, okay. Yeah, the brothers. Um, so Rudd ended up being for the for that album he was replaced by drummer BJ Wilson, but they didn't end up using any of Wilson's drumming because Rudd had already finished it all. Oh cool. So I don't really know why like no one checked that. I don't really know. Well, Wilson was also just a session musician, so yeah. Someone who just comes in just to play the music but doesn't tour with them or anything. Right. Yeah. And then Rudd was officially replaced by a guy named Simon Wright after the band held seven hundred auditions. That's an insane Imagine being that hard to replace. Like, damn. Also, I want to be that hard to replace. Imagine being that good at drums that you could, like, apply to be ACDC's drummer. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, we need a drummer. They're like, oh, I'm qualified. Mm-hmm. I'll apply to that. That's insane so to me. That's, yeah. Well, I'm not that good at anything. <laughs> but after he was fired, Rudd ended up retiring to, I'm going to say this wrong, Taranga. It's probably right. I don't know. <laughs> Taranga, Taranga. I don't know. He moved to a city in New Zealand. And um, he, after when he moved there, he purchased a helicopter company, which sounds very much like Lou Perlman. It's just I feel like a lot of famous people have an obsession with flying. Aviation. <laughs> because uh, Lenny Dykstra did the same thing. Yeah, I. He was had an obsession with private jets. I think it might be like. Well, first of all, I'm not flying that often, but I guess they would be flying a lot more than. Obviously, they're flying a lot more than I would typically fly. It's fair, but they probably have a private jet. Yeah, like. It's got to be like once you eat good cheese, you can't go back to eating craft singles. So it's like once you have a private jet, I cannot sit in economy. I guess that's fair. I, I almost went one deeper and I was like, what if it's like all of these rich people 
like want to defy society so much that they want to do the one thing that's been coveted by humankind for so long, the ability to fly like birds. Like people look at birds as being like, oh, they're so free. They can fly. So they want to like own flying somehow. Yeah. Just psychologically. After he retired, he got married in 1983 and he and his wife had five children. It's a lot of children. It's a lot of children. Um, And this is what Rudd has to say about his retirement. I raced cars. I flew helicopters. Became a farmer and planted some crops. I lived in New Zealand, which was great. Nice and quiet. No one bothering me. And uh, he, he continued to play the drums, but when I wanted to rather than when I had to. And he also built his own recording studio. Can I get a can I get a recording of that if you're doing it in an Australian accent? No. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. So anyway, um, you know, retirement, it was not all fun and games because Rudd started getting in trouble. Actually, he started getting in trouble like a while after he retired. Which was I'm sure he was doing other shit. He so just it was had like, fine, 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 and then like, oh. Um, he did he and his wife did get divorced in 06. Man. So it could that could have been why he spiraled again. Because he seemed to have been pretty under the radar until twenty ten. And that's when shit started hitting the fan. Um, so on December 1st, 2010, Rudd was caught with 25 milligrams of marijuana on his boat in New Zealand. That's not even that much. A fourth of a gram? Oh. Oh, no. Okay. It's 25 grams. Okay. Typo. He had 25 grams of weed, which is a lot. Yeah. That's actually that's, that's actually a That's a lot of weed. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen more than a gram. So anyway, at this time, weed was still illegal in New Zealand, but their, um, their laws have changed similarly to a lot of states in America, and they can smoke it recreationally now. Hell yeah. Go yeah. New Zealand. Um, They had this really weird law for a while where before it was legal for everybody, they were like, well, you could smoke it medicinally if you think you're going to, if the doctor thinks you're going to die in a year. So they're like, oh, you're going to die? Sure. Mm-hmm. You know what? We should do that in America. We should legalize all drugs for terminally ill people. Um, I don't think that we should legalize certain drugs for terminally ill people. They're going to die. <sighs> Let them do whatever the fuck they want as long as it's a victimless crime. Um. Okay. Like, if the meth kills them, what is it going to do? Kill them more than whatever else was going to kill them? Yeah, but how are they getting the math? Like, how do you ethically produce math? I don't know. You have you have the meth shop that you have to show a car that says, like, yo, I'm a croak soon. Give me some of that meth. So then that was his first crime. Then on July 30th, 2011, uh, Rudd planned to open a marina op. A marina restaurant. I don't know what I was going to say. Um, so he's going to open this restaurant at the Bridge Marina in his town he lived in. And it had a super fancy name. Um, and I want you to guess what the name would have been. What the name would have been? Or what was the name of the restaurant? It's a fancy name. Um, uh, Shells by the Bay. Nope, it was Phil's Place. And <laughs> That's not fancy. <laughs> stupid. It's the shittiest mom and pop restaurant name. I mean, it's, it's not any better than Margaritaville, which is now a very popular... But chain at restaurant least here Jimmy in America. Buffett like came up with that. It's not like I'm going to name this after myself. Jimmy's place. Yeah, he could have called it Jimmy yeah, Buffett. Okay. okay, I guess he could have called it Jimmy Buffet. Yo, if he if it if they had a Buffett buffet, mm-hmm. that would be. I gotta I gotta call 
Margaritaville. I have some marketing ideas for well, them. Well, you know, we know someone who used to work there who could hook you up. Yeah, I can get an in. Okay, but anyway, Phil's Place, um, its planned menu was to have seafood and steak. Um, I could go for a steak right now, just saying. I like seafood and steak. Who doesn't? There's that's people like, who don't like, saying, like seafood. Uh, you know, I could, go, I could go for a tax return. I could go for... Um, I could go for a raise at my job. It's just some. It's good. Yeah. If you're not allergic to it, no one's gonna. Oh, I guess vegans. That's a choice. <sighs> so there's that. <laughs> um, but this really, this restaurant of Phil's, it really had some ups and downs. It had to close temporarily in 2012 and open again in 2013. Um, it closed because Phil got mad at some employees, and then he just fired three of them unjustly. Wait, so he like worked at the restaurant? Like he was there? I guess so. He might have like. You know how restaurant owners are. They pop in and out. Yeah, but they're not not—they're not the fucking drummer of ACDC. Oh, he wasn't there yet. He was the former drummer of ACDC. Maybe yeah. he just didn't have shit to do. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Yeah, he's retired. He doesn't have anything to do. He's that's like, fair. let me just smoke some weed and go in and fuck shit up. and Fire some people. Fire some people. And so he did. He fired three of them. And he ended up paying over $70,000 in New Zealand money to the employees for unjust, unjustified dismissal. Um, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And the restaurant. Also not that much. Um, I mean, but for three employees being fired unjustly. Yeah. It's what, like 23,000, just over 23,000 each. Yeah. It's almost a year's worth. Of, it could be almost a year's worth of wages. Yeah, probably not in New Zealand because they care about their, uh, their. Oh, that's true. They're citizens. But yeah. What happened with the restaurant? So anyways, <laughs> um, the restaurant reopened, but then it closed again in 2019. I think just because it was doing poorly. And then um, someone else bought it under a different name. You tell me people didn't want to go to Phil's place? Nah, they stopped wanting to go to Phil's place. Oh my God. Which um, we'll find out why maybe they quit going to Phil's place. So this is the really bad thing. And this is the reason why we're highlighting Phil Rudd today. Yeah. Um, on November 6, 2014, Rudd was arrested for attempting to procure a murder, threatening to kill, and possession of meth and cannabis. And I just feel like the cannabis charge is stupid like every other cannabis charge ever just like like their laws were just as dumb in new zealand about weed at the time as ours were yeah and they were dumb in the fact they had laws for it right exactly um and you know there are still some states who have the dumb laws but not illinois where we reside thanks jb pritzker what's up what's up jb um, i know nine has really hated on you before in this show but thank you for legalizing marijuana yeah so here's what happened so rudd was recording a new studio album a new solo album named head job which nina listened to i did not okay so i only listened to like three or four songs because it gave me a headache and that's my opinion of it now here's my other thing if you like rock music if you are enjoy a good rock and roll which i really do not you, you sound like such an old lady if you, if you enjoy if a good you, rock and roll, if you like the rock and roll music, you may like this. But um, I did not enjoy it. I did not save any of the songs on my Spotify. Um, you probably won't either. Damn. Which is why the album it didn't do so well, and that made Rudd really angry, like really angry. And um, he fired, he got mad and he ended up firing most of his staff, which is a theme, um, including his assistant, who had been his security guard before, interestingly enough. Security guard to assistant to unemployed. Yep. And um, so he actually threatened to murder this assistant because he was so angry that the album didn't do well. Maybe your music sucked, bro. It, 
yeah, dude, it wasn't good. Obviously, like, he could not introspect because he was too high on meth. <laughs> that right. He could be like, oh, well, this might right. be me. Like, he had some serious drug issues, and I think it obviously impaired his critical thinking. Yeah. Um, but on September 25th, Rudd made a call to an Australian associate. That is what everything said, an Australian associate, um, and asked them if they would murder his former assistant for $200,000, a car, or a motor, a motorbike, or a home. He gave options? Yeah, he was like, which one do you want? Kill him, whichever <laughs> one. Which I don't know how a motorbike and a home like really equal out. But maybe they already have a house. I don't know. Well, but the next day, film ended up making a bunch of threatening phone calls to his former assistant and said to him, I'm going to come over and kill you. It's pretty direct. He said, I'm going to come over. Nope, that's not how he said it. Sound like fucking, uh, what's his name from um, Taken? Yeah, what's Liam Neeson. Let's sound like Liam Neeson. Well, anyway, he was going to kill him. I'm going to come over you and I'm going to kill, kill you. Yeah. And earlier reports of the crime had said that Rudd had also threatened to kill not only his assistant, but also his assistant's daughter. Yikes. Um, the, satin, the second threatening to kill charge was later dropped. So I don't know what happened to that, but I do kind of think he might have threatened that. Um, I don't doubt I'm that. I'm sure he threatened a lot of stuff. I mean, he he was so, um, what's the word I want to use? Batshit insane? Yeah, that would be. I was going to say unstable, but batshit insane works as well. Okay, cool. Um, you know, sometimes they go hand in hand. That I'm sure that he did that. I'm not. Yeah. Uh, so there was a warrant to search Rudd's residence in early November, which was weird to me because the original crime happened in September. I don't know why it took that long. Sounds like the police in New Zealand don't do their jobs either. Um, so anyways, they went to, they got a warrant for his house and they searched the home. Well, while they were searching Rudd's home, they uncovered 91 grams of marijuana. Ooh, that's a lot of marijuana. Throughout the house, which I think that seems like a bad idea to hide your marijuana throughout the house. Because, like, what if you forget where you hit it? Yeah, like you're high, maybe. And you're yeah. like, fuck, where did I put it? Where the fuck did I put it? Or you're high when you hit it. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, fuck, where did I put it? God damn. And next, you like open the mayonnaise jar to make a sandwich. You're like, fuck. They're like, oh, there's a bag of weed. There it is. Um, But anyway, they found 91 grams of marijuana in Phil Rudd's house. And he also had meth in his pockets. Nice. I don't know how much meth, though. And uh, that's another bad place to put drugs. If I had meth, I think I'd try to put it in my butt so that no one would find it. See, you say, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was about to say you say that without knowing the logistical difficulties of getting a bag of anything into your butt and um, then out of again, I will say. Yeah, there hasn't been much up my butt. Now Every I day I learn more about yep, you, Nina. So it's so great. Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> Phil Rudd ended up pleading guilty. Um, and despite the guilty plea, Rudd's lawyer argued that the entire case was centered around an unwarranted search warrant, which is... Kind of fair. I don't know what. Um, yeah, because what would they? What would they be searching for with the claims that were put against them? I don't know if they were like trying to find, see if it was recorded somewhere. It just seemed kind of weird that they even busted in there. Yeah. Um. But he was quoted saying his lawyer was quoted saying this matter essentially revolved around an angry phone call. That was it. There is a complaint. There was a complaint to police. The apparatus of the police then turned up with a search warrant based on cannabis for its own use situation, hmm. which was an interesting uh, accusation. Hmm. I thought. And on July 9th, two thousand and fifteen, Rudd was sentenced to eight months of house arrest and one hundred twenty thousand dollars in restitution. 
And while on house arrest, Rudd said that he went to see a psychiatrist weekly and quit doing quote unquote crazy shit. Um, so he, it was, what's funny is, is like at the point, the point when he got arrested, he was 60 or 61 and he was still like out here partying like a rock star. Still doing meth. Yeah. Hiding weed throughout his house. Imagine your grandpa. Who's probably a little older than 60, albeit. He's, uh, 83, but yeah. But imagine your grandpa, like when you were a kid and you go over to his house and grandpa is still hiding meth in his ceiling tiles. Like, what's going on with you, grandpa? Yeah. That's what Phil Rudd was doing. Yeah, it's kind of insane to think, like, he's that old and doing all this shit. Yeah, like, he, he has to, like, put the bag of weed behind his prune juice in the fridge. Yeah. You know? He has actually a prune juice... Infuse, cannabis infused prune juice. So although all that happened, he served his time. He did have eight months of house arrest, so he did serve his time. Which Man, it's a long, long sentence of eight months. Of I house guess arrest. justice was served? Question mark. It's nice that you can do meth and get eight months of house arrest instead. Well, of- that's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, it's nice that you can threaten to kill somebody, even if it was an empty threat. But the assistant said he was scared. Like, he yeah. was like, yeah, I was actually worried for my life. Which, when you have that much money, I mean, you can very easily hire a hitman. So, I think it's very logical that the assistant was worried. Yeah. Um, But, it's like, maybe, I don't know the meth laws. Obviously, it's not as strict as here in America. Because meth is a Title One drug in America that will definitely land you in prison for like two to eight years. Yeah. For the first offense. Oh, I have a cousin who was in jail seven years, her first offense. Yep. But that's also because she didn't come to our court showing. So anyway, her- Oh, yeah, that's an extra charge. Yeah, yeah. So she didn't come to the court hearing, and she had meth. And then she got arrested for meth again. But anyways, don't do meth, you guys. It's a bad drug. Yeah, don't um, do meth. Don't do meth. Um, and so even though all this happened, ACDC announced in September of 2020 that Rudd had rejoined the band. Uh, he was actually supposed to join the band for um, something else in 2015, but he was on house arrest, and he couldn't do it. Maybe that was like, I think they had a tour because yeah. they wrote... They were featured for the music for all the Iron Man movies. Yep. Um, yeah, he was supposed to do that. And they wrote new music for the Iron Man yeah, movies, too. Yeah, he was too, supposed so. to do that, but he was on house arrest, so he couldn't do it. But he, he was able to go back in 2020 and uh, rejoin the band. Nice. Um, I don't really know what they're up to, per se, but we're going to find out. I think they might still out. be touring, even though that they're super Dude, they're old. fucking old, but our, my ex went to an ACDC concert while we were still together, and that was in between the years of 20... Um, 2014 and 2018. And I, I know he I, went to yeah. an ACDC concert. I've heard they still rock. They still got it. I was watching a video with them playing music and they were old AF and it still looked like fun. Um, so to conclude, this was a short episode today. This There wasn't a whole lot to it was. this story. But, um, so right. interesting though. So It still is interesting. And also, I do want to... Actually, hold on. I'm going to... Rewind for a minute. I feel like we can talk about this in general. I just feel like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. I'm going to stop it right there. Um, just so you guys know, the end of the story is basically right here. For the rest of the episode, we do kind of go on a big tangent that involves uh, a lot of stuff just ranting about uh, the nature of the country as a whole. So if that's something you're not interested in hearing, Feel free to click away right now, but if you do want to hear our views on some of these topics, then uh, go ahead and keep listening. Anyway, back to the episode. And I know that this is very synonymous with a lot of white-collar crimes, but it just seems like 
Yeah, he did serve his eight months, but it just doesn't really seem like the sentence fit the punishment. Or, the, I mean, the crime. Sorry. The yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing. So they dropped the procurement of a murder charge. Yeah. And it was just a threatening to kill. Yeah. And I do personally think that, like, just threatening to kill somebody, although definitely a crime, like probably shouldn't get too long for that yeah i just feel like the you meth know, on i, I feel person. like eight months meth is a different thing meth is getting into like drugs and everything i'm actually down like i would be kind of down for legalizing all drugs which is hard to say because meth is i agreed a terrible drug heroin's right, a terrible right. drug people are going to do it anyway though and if it's legal it gives us a chance to regulate it. No, and, and... And a lot of the places do that and then funnel money back into support groups to help addiction. Right. Which we, we demonize addiction in America and just treat addiction like a crime when I think it's more of a sickness. Oh, it's definitely more of a sickness. And Well, no, it is a sickness. And so um, I, I it's also yeah. been proven that once you do legalize these hard... Like, if you do legalize all drugs and harder drugs like heroin and meth... People tend to do it at lower rates. Yeah, and if they do get addicted, you could you have governmental like assistance, assistance, and it would keep like fentanyl and like mm-hmm. and stuff that cuts things out of people, which yeah. is another big thing. Yeah, um, it's just a really it, I understand that's a really radical idea. No, and so I, mean, I will say my big takeaway from this is that rock stars, the the idea and the. Um, the glorification of the rock star lifestyle is my big takeaway from this. Oh, absolutely. It, is that we will demonize people a lot of the time. Like, uh, this might be a hot button subject to bring up right now, but George Floyd. And they were saying he was on drugs. Oh, when, yeah. when, when it was happened. So that was like, well, drugs had a part in his death, but we'll glorify Motley Crue and ACDC and all of these people who were doing a shit ton of heroin, a shit ton of drugs, but we put them on a pedestal because they're rich and famous. Yeah. You know, and that's the difference. They're rich and famous and George Floyd was poor. Well, and it's not just George. And black. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say too. I was going to say they're also white, but you know, and not just George Floyd, but anyone who's poor. Yeah. It's like. I know you've probably seen It's like, oh, that. yeah, it's trashy when you do it. But when well, rock stars gonna, do it, it's yeah, great. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. But it's like those memes that are like, what's classy if you're rich, but trashy if you're poor? And I think it's hard. It's hard drugs. To, like drugs is <laughs> drugs one of those drinking. things. Yeah. Drugs, drinking and drugs. Um, because it's just... And there's less consequence for people who are at that elite of a status. But it's also the same thing with anybody who's rich. Like rich businessmen doing coke. It's so common. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so common. And it's seen as like just like part of the And it's part like of no the one culture. demonizes them for doing coke. They almost think like that's cool. Like it's like it's oh cool yeah. that they do a bunch of cocaine. They do coke, whatever, but, but then it's it's the, soon it's as... the same as your friend Greg doing cocaine. It's still shitty for you and it's an, and they're annoying. Well, and Greg and is illegal. gonna get a shit ton more time yeah. if he gets caught with yeah. it. So So that's our thing. Yeah, it's... You know, we've, talk, we've talked about sports people before, and this is just another class of uh, of wealthy that commit crimes that don't get... In actual trouble. Don't get in actual trouble or get the justice that other people would. And once again, we brought it up before. It's not saying that I think they should get more for it. I think it's that we treat it differently by who's going and that wealthy people get treated easier. And that shouldn't be the case. Well, and I mean, 420 was just the other day, and there's the big debate on, like, how much time people have done for weed. Yeah. 
and it has to do, it has everything to do with socio socioeconomic status and race and things that are actually out of a lot of people's control but yeah. if you're rich and you're white y'all are good yeah and it's really frustrating just don't do math even if it is legalized it's really just gonna not sit well on your system fair I think we got that takeaway from this night. Don't do meth. My biggest takeaway that I want the audience to take. Don't do meth. Um, David Bowie is quoted one time saying, if you think being a rock star and having a model for your wife is awesome, it is. Great. <laughs> I know Thank that you, doesn't, David Bowie. That didn't help our argument whatsoever. But uh, Oh, no, it probably is great. It probably Feels is awesome. awesome. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm like, hell yeah. If I could be a rock star, that'd be cool. But... They also need to be careful because they're out here getting all these STDs because they think that they can fuck people with no condom just because they are a rock star or a sports player. Your dick's not the rock star. Your hands play the guitar. Yeah. So in closing, I think that we just need to reminisce on the words of Post Malone in the song Rockstar. I switched my whip, came back in black. I'm starting saying rest in peace to Bon Scott. Act a fool on stage, probably leave my fucking show in a cop car. Shit was legendary through a TV out the window of the montage. Cocaine on the table, liquor pouring, don't give a damn. I've been fucking hoes and popping pillies. Man, I feel just like a rock star. This is all fun and games until you don't know the time and place to be a rock star. For Phil Rudd, he did not know the time. Or the place. He let his love for substance control for substances control his life and his lust for success overcome him until he was willing to commit the ultimate crime. Murder. If you or someone you know is struggling with substance abuse, please get help before it's too late. And to be fair, I love Post Malone, but I never looked up the lyrics to this song. And um, I never know what anyone's saying in this song. And I was I've like, fucking hoes, popping pillies, man. I feel just like a rock star. Yeah. Well, I did not know he ever said, right, said saying rest in peace to Bon Scott. Neither did I. To be I fair, thought you can't he was, understand him that well. Yeah. So. I thought he was saying, I'm sorry, saying rest in peace, Bon Scott. That's what I always that, say. That actually is closer to what it sounds like. Yeah. So I do not fault you. Like that, that. I never knew what he was saying. So anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to us today. We really, really appreciate you. Um, just love coming into your homes every week, every Friday at 2 p.m. Just sneaking into your home and speaking into your ear for an hour. Giving you some, what's it called? ASMR. Whispering sweet nothings into your ears. Whispering sweet nothings. Your ears. Sweet nothings. Um, all right, give your ending spiel. I was going to try to do it from memory, and I can't. Nice. Uh, thank you so much for listening again, you guys. Uh, please give us a like or subscribe to our podcast on whatever podcast uh, listening system you use. Uh, 81% of you, our analytics show, are listening to this on iTunes. iTunes has a review system, so please drop by. Leave us a review. Um, we love a five-star review, but if you wanted to give us an honest review with some criticism, that's also okay. Um, just make sure it's not a super mean one. <laughs> all right? Nina can't take anymore. All right? I maybe, can't. You know, maybe I got some tough skin, and I can take... Some stuff, but you you've made Nina cry. That's probably okay, not, that's I probably not true. Actually, cried. But, not about this. 
Yeah, you have cried before. But nevertheless, uh, you can follow our socials, uh, facebook.com slash white collars, red hands. You can follow our Twitter at white collars pod, catch up with all the fun tweets I put out every week. Or you can head over to our Instagram at white collars underscore red hands and see some pictures of all of our upcoming episodes. Yeah. Um, also, if you have a suggestion or you just want to interact with us anyway, you don't want to do it on any of those social media forums. You can also email us at whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. And other than that, I think that's it. So thanks again, you guys. And we'll see you on another episode of White Collars Red, Red Hands. Hands.